0: Welcome to the Society Column, Swansea Social Sciences Podcast. My name is Megan Salter, and in this week's episode, I talked to Dr. John Bulger, Lecturer in Politics and International Relations at Swansea University. We talk about her research on the studies of race, racism and migration. A conversation took place towards late April 2023, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today, Dawn. So to begin with, would you mind telling us what led you to this specific area of research, please?
1: Uh, sure. So my my first interest in race politics began when I was an undergraduate. Uh, at university, I took a module on inequalities in Australian contemporary society. And it was in that module where I really started to notice how a lot of disparities in Australian society had a racial undertone. Uh, Australia of course, has a complex history of race relations, including the sort of displacement and marginalisation of Indigenous peoples and also the exploitation of migrant labour. And of course, we notoriously had a policy of white Australia that restricted non-white migration into the country. So what I started to realise was that a lot of historical injustices uh, weren't just Uh, historical injustices and in fact that they continued to shape Australia and also global society more broadly. So with ongoing sort of debates about immigration, uh, multiculturalism and Indigenous rights. And so as I sort of began to delve deeper into the topic, I became sort of more interested in the structural and institutional ways um, that race manifests. And so for my PhD, I focused on this idea of a covert racism. Um, and I've kind of used this as a way to show how issues of race and racism continue to exist and operate as part of the sort of structures and institutions of contemporary society. So a large focus of my research um, is this idea of a, a race agenda. So for example, we often hear about problems with immigration and of course, you know, discussion about uh, asylum seekers and refugees is often couched in rhetoric that's sort of justifiably non-racist um, and is sort of instead expressed through concerns for kind of social cohesion and compatibility. So this kind of led me to look more closely at the link between sort of race and immigration. And what we sort of see is that contemporary portrayals of refugees usually depict them as being kind of different and problematic and this allows for sort of policies of um, physical or social exclusion. So for example, immigration restrictions targeted at specific groups such as boat people or government emphasis on the importance of immigrants integrating into society and learning the national language. And so this then kind of led me to look at how these portrayals are then subsequently defended as being not racist, simply because, you know, they don't refer explicitly to kind of biological or genetic differences.
0: Fantastic. So could you tell us one thing that you would like people to know about your research findings?
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess in a broad sense, I would say that the main thing is that despite the kind of discreditation of traditional race theory, um, racism continues to manifest within the structures of contemporary society. So in my work, I aim to show that racism needs to be understood as structural. And what I mean by that is that the explanation for continuing racism uh, can be found in the sort of reproduction of racist structures that are deeply embedded in the social, political, and Economic institutions of the Western world. And I think importantly, race has and continues to sort of dominate and organize the lived experiences of those sort of constructed as the other. And of course, You know, who is constructed as the other is something that also changes over time. So if I use the kind of Australian context as an example, um, it was at one point, you know, the Chinese gold miners, it was at another point, the Irish who were seen to be non-white. Then in the 1940s, it was the Hungarian refugees who were seen to be different to white Australians. And of course, now the focus is on, you know, non-white refugees. So race, therefore sort of continues to be an organizing grammar of of the world. And I would also argue that the sort of popularization of race as a marker of human difference can also largely be attributed to the rise of capitalism in the Western world. So capitalist systems of course, you know, they tend to favor the the individual and they rely primarily on the of accumulation and the reinvestment of profit, so consequently it was in the best interests of colonial rulers to ensure that the means and proceeds of production remained in the hands of a kind of single defined entity. Um, So it is what Western society was built upon and is kind of what continues to maintain the status quo of white dominated structures and institutions. So if we then sort of go back to the Australian context um which is what I focus on in my sort of most two recent publications um in Australia the legacy of sort of white sovereignty brought you know colonialism social darwinism capitalism white supremacy and most importantly provided the propaganda needed to reinforce a dominant racialized discourse So racism sort of continues to disadvantage and exclude asylum seekers and refugees who arrive by boat and, more importantly, uh, continues to shape Australian political policy. So it's therefore sort of my contention that... um, Issues of race and racism need to be examined not solely in terms of their involvement in subjective processes, but at the same time in terms of their structural features and manifestations. And lastly, I guess another thing I would like people to know about my research findings is that it is very important to kind of recognise the diversity and um, complexity of experiences that are felt by different groups at um, different times. And so it's also very important to understand the intersectional factors at play as well. So, you know, the two main waves of Hungarian refugees that arrived in Australia, for example, they had vastly different experiences. And similarly, if we look at sort of refugees today, the experiences of those from Ukraine, for example, um, vastly differ to those from Syria. Fantastic. So lastly, why do you believe that this area of research
0: matters for the future?
1: Um, well, well. firstly, I think that by studying race politics, we can sort of better understand the systemic structures that create and perpetuate racial inequalities, um, and we can work to, to dismantle them. Uh, in modern society, for example, the the colour of one's skin is no longer sort of purported to be a determinant of one's behavioural tendencies or, you know, mental capabilities. But this doesn't mean that race no longer exists. Instead, what we see is that race is socially constructed, where sort of cultural differences um, and inherent incompatibilities are used to kind of segregate and marginalise um, targeted groups. Um I also think this matters because we can see that race still plays an integral role in the ordering of the world. So the significant growth in refugee numbers, for example, has become increasingly sort of problematic for Western states, uh, many of which are sort of unwilling to reconcile humanitarian responsibilities with national interest. And so what we see is that despite various introductions of new sort of multicultural outlooks, um, and these kind of ideas of diversity and equity, governments from all over the world um, sort of consciously and deliberately avoid humanitarian obligations by sort of pandering to and inflaming racially driven fears based on you know historical concerns of invasion and incompatibility. Uh, it's also important to understand this so-called new racism that develops from racist public discourse um, that sort of depicts immigrants um, seeking refuge in Western states as unable to assimilate and as a threat to social cohesion. Because, of course, by sort of eschewing this traditional race ideology, this kind of new racism avoids the charge of being racist by sort of ensuring that those individuals and groups targeted um, such as immigrants, um, they're not sort of directly racialized. Instead, targeted groups are portrayed as resistant to assimilation and consequently sort of understood as being culturally incompatible with white society. So I think that studying race and racism is crucial for kind of shaping a more equitable and just future. Um, The reality is that race continues to be a significant factor in determining life outcomes for individuals and communities, um, particularly for those who are sort of marginalised and oppressed. And I also think that the study of you know, race and racism, helps us to recognise the sort of diversity and complexity of experiences among sort of different groups of people. And this includes, you know, understanding the experiences of Indigenous peoples, um, of migrants, of refugees, for example, um, as well as the experiences of those who are sort of at the intersection of multiple forms of marginalisation.
0: This has been a truly fascinating conversation, Dawn. And- And as a student of yours, I think it's really important that I am exposed to issues like this. And I do appreciate you doing the work on it. So thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into the Society Column. The next episode will be released on Monday and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts.